Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we dare to be inspired by the personal stories of our fellow lovers so we can create the sex lives of our dreams. Our guest today is a 45-year-old heteroflexible sex-positive cis man. He is into rope, specifically kinbaku, which is Japanese bondage, BDSM, and tantric sex. He is a boarding school teacher living in Denmark. Welcome, Leo. Thank you very much. Can you please start off by telling our listeners... On a sexual shame-a-meter, if you had to rate yourself today, with 10 being super full of shame and one being shameless, where do you fall right now? Zero. Amazing. Yep. Well, as long as it's just concerning me and no people standing around me being uh, broken into shame or guilt or anything, if I express myself, then I'm just... If in those circumstances, like if people close to me and I know that they won't accept the expressions or the way of acting, then of course I'll hold my horses. Yeah. But except from that, I'm in its own. Yeah. Awesome. And then can you just give us like a little overview of what your sex life is like right now? As in right now, it's, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. And I'm connecting with a beautiful open woman right now. Yeah. Beautiful. And have uh, out in the future, in the coming couple of weeks, lined up setups and beautiful oh, time. Awesome. And can you also tell us, in general, what does the word sexy mean to you? In general, the word sexy, uh, it's a beautiful question, actually, because earlier it was something that could make my cock grow hard. Mm -hmm. But now it's, well, of course, that as well is, is nice. Yes. <laughs> but, but now it's more about, I can sense the core at the uh, people or the person yeah. standing in front of me and trying to be sexy. If it comes from the inner, then it's just, poof, blows my mind. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. 
And then can you also tell us what happens to your sexual shame-o-meter when it is time to talk with your partners about safer sex? And what would the ideal version of that conversation look like for you? I try to pick my partners so that I feel somewhat connected with them. And I have, I mean, I have all types of flavors in my partners, but I try to, well, it sounds so <laughs> as if I can pick anything, but I, yeah. I, I like to pick the partners that I find open and are willing to show themselves. And those partners, I just blur it out from the beginning. I said, well, I love using condoms and I have to, that's my actually demand. Uh, when we have intercourse, I want to use condoms. So without any hesitation, I just blur it out. Amazing. Okay, now take us back to your early years. When do you first remember hearing about sex, and what do you remember feeling about it? Well, I was brought up on a farm, my, on a dairy farm, and my dad is always beating to breathing. Mm. So the, the concept of, of breathing has always been present in mind from the moment I could actually speak and talk, because that was my dad's biggest like passion. He's breathing his uh, dairies. Make <laughs> uh, <laughs> make them breathe, not not him yeah, breathing yeah. them. But, yeah. yeah. So, but when it was connected to a inner arousal and a feeling of nice things happening in my body, that must have been around the age of, I remember I found my mother's, she had this Bible called, in Danish called, and it's like, woman, know your body. Okay. And I remember reading that when I was for preschool for like six, seven years or something like that. Yeah. And did you ever get a sex talk from your parents? No, my first really sex like like my dad talked about sexual and my mother shamed him because well she wasn't really uh, like comfortable talking about sex but she was a really really sexual person oh. yeah but not capable of accepting that sexuality in her but anyway I, I remember the first really sex talk i had with my mother was when i had my girlfriend with mm -hmm. me i was at the age of 15. okay home at our farm and she was uh, staying with me for the weekend and it was during a i think we were fucking during the night or making love or whatever you call it and i went down in the kitchen because i needed a glass of water and my mother just stepped out of the uh, see they had their their uh, sleeping room downstairs and she just stepped on and said leo you be careful now and you treat her well and you treat her properly and i still laugh that today because what does it mean to teach to to like to to, yeah. uh, to handle a problem and be a decent person? Yeah. What does that mean? Wow. And that was the first really talk I heard my mother have with me about being sexual, active with other people. Okay. Yeah. How did you know that she was a sexual person if she's uncomfortable talking about it? Well, I could see when Dad came in from the uh, he was like he was uh, working on the farm, and when he came in, and my mother was standing and preparing food. He was just coming at her and hugging her and holding her breast and maybe holding her clothes and yeah. just kissing her like really lustful. I could recognize yeah. that. And my mother would say, oh, no, 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 don't do that. But at the same time, I could see how she like sort of leaned into that energy. And I was like, hmm, mother says one, says one thing, but I can see her body acting differently. Wow. And that's what I learned. The or That's when I uh, saw it firsthand how... One thing is what's been said by word, and another one is the body language. That's beautiful. That is a thing that I still struggle to unpack, and I second guess mm. the words and the bodies and the everything and the, you know, respecting someone's agency, respecting what they say, but then it's often so diametrically opposed to their actual animal body. Yes. Wow. Okay, so... 
Did you get a sex talk at school? Yeah, well, sexual diseases right. roll on to the carrot. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah, the female cyclists and stuff. Yeah, like okay. that. But nothing about what goes inside. Okay. Only feeling. Yeah, yeah. Nothing about that. What about with your friends growing up? Like, did kids talk about sex or did you have any siblings that would tell you things? Short answer, no. I have siblings, yes. I have a sister who's six years older and a brother who's four years older. Well, my sister probably had petting and maybe sexual intercourse before me, but I know I was earlier than my brother. Yeah. He had people or girlfriends sleeping at his home, but not in his room. And I, we talked about that later on, that I was the first one being mm-hmm. sexually active. Okay. And then lastly, it's, you maybe already answered this, but did you ever explicitly learn about the idea of consent as you were growing up? Well, yeah, there was a thing the mother teach her properly. Right, right. Well, yeah, but beyond her, that. Right, be, a, be a good person. Okay, yeah. well, what does that mean? What does that mean? Beautiful. Okay, so how did you start exploring yourself sexually? I could start talking about this, but maybe I should give a short insight into my first sexual experience and the first feeling in my body when I actually stepped into uh, the penetration world. And that happened when I was at the age of 15. Okay. And before that, I've had a wonderful uh, connection with sexuality. I've masturbated a lot, like a whole lot. Seen a few porn movies, maybe, but I read a few more novels and I knew this was something powerful and energetic that my body was made for. And then when I first entered sexuality in the penetration way, I was confronted with huge amounts of uh, very low self-esteem. Like, I couldn't perform. Like I shot my sperm in two or three seconds, one or two thrusts. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and the partner I had back then, well, no shame to her because she was like, well, she's a year older than me. But still, it was in a, uh, uh, what do you call it, a uh, milieu, uh, no, a setting, a setting of uh, Christianity. And it was a Christian boarding school, like really strict. A boarding school of mm. Christianity. Okay. I wasn't brought up like that, but I went to the boarding school of that, and it was it was a fairly okay because there was both sides, but all the teachers were heavily uh, influenced by Christianity and uh, no sexual activity before marriage and that stuff. But we had it anyway. Yeah. Lots of so yeah, lots of students had that. But her reaction, I still remember the first time I was trying. And up until that day that we had penetration, we had played a lot, like touched each other, like, and the feeling of just touching and feeling being touched, it was just, whoa, it's was ecstatic. But when we first entered penetration, well, her reaction was to, she rolled over. She didn't know how to deal with my frustration, so she just tried to sleep. Oh. And that kept on going for two or three months. And then we sort of ended the relationship, playfulness. In that setting of a boarding school being really unsexual, yeah. it had to be something that we did in the weekends. Or and in the weekends, we had no help or no guidance of how to act as a sexual being. Yeah. So I decided to step out of that scene. I, said, I decided because it was just a huge mental failure from my side. Mm-hmm. Uh, the feeling of failure and the feeling of not being able to perform. And so I actually kind of stayed away from sexual activities with the females for seven years or so. Oh, wow. So until your early 20s. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So were you pleasuring yourself during that time? Oh, yeah. Okay. Immensely. Yeah. Tons of. What were your favorite ways or what are your favorite ways? Tell us a little bit about the specifics of your penis and what it likes and testicles too and all the parts of you that like pleasure, if you will. Yeah. I learned... Early, early, like as 
at the age of 10 or so that if I beat it, what do you call that? Yeah. Masturbate it? Yeah, yeah. masturbate it. If I masturbate my, my cock, it would try to it'll shoot sperm. So it became kind of a contest from my side to make it sperm as fast as possible. And maybe that's part of the deal why I had such a hard time sensing myself and feeling myself when into uh, acting with a female because I was just programmed to shoot my sperm. Yeah. Then over the years, well, I engaged myself into a professional sport instead of when I became a professional rower at a fairly high level. So I, I used my energy there instead of with the girls. And so masturbation just came, became sort of a um, release for me okay. once in a while. And where would you mostly do it? In my home, in my bed. Okay. And did you like use porn or was it mostly imagination or how did you have favorite things to do? Porn magazines. Yeah. Yeah. And then will you tell us a little bit about like your grip? Are you overhand, underhand? Do you like to incorporate your balls or anything like that? Just a simple underhand will do it. Okay. That's more than enough. It'll just make me ejaculate in a few, few seconds. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Those were back in the days before at the age of 38, I did something dramatically. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So what was the next step? How did you get back into partnered things? What was your thought process or experience there? At the age of 24. Yeah. Just coming back from a, another world championship of my, my rowing. I just longed for female. Oh, and I'm maybe, I'm not lying, but I had a few sexual interactions with other female rowers from other countries when being at the world championship parties. Afterwards, it's just a big monkey party thing and at those occasions i had one or two three interactions with russians or okay. yeah other nationality that i knew that i wouldn't meet again and i just shot my sperm in two seconds and i thought oh, thank you and bye okay <laughs> but at the age of 24 i came home from a world championship and i just longed for the intimacy yeah mm. i really i really longed for that because i could see some of my other colleagues or some of my other rowing buddies they had those girlfriends and i i, I longed for that yeah and um, somehow luckily within two months i met this beautiful wonderful girl and uh, just well boy meets girl and girl meets boy and we had a wonderful time like until two so we had 18 years together oh, beautiful wow. marriage beautiful marriage uh, wonderful three kids building houses nesting like trying to put in Oh, life's longing and put to realize that, but and no shaming towards her at all. But she didn't have the same sexual interest towards mm, exploring, and I always had this knowledge of that I had something waiting for me. Mm. But she felt she felt okay because she felt loved every time I shot my sperm, and I became really good at doing nothing uh, without my cock, like my fingers and my mouth, and pleasuring her, and it was. A beautiful voyage with her and she was a really sexual mm. person as well beautiful person yeah and we talked about opening up and inviting partners before we got married and back then she was actually she, she was more interested in that she was actually thrown off by it but as the years went by and the kids came and the building of houses and work and stuff she sort of zoomed out on that it wasn't her part no mm. Will you pause here to tell us some of the details of what you learned, what you love to explore specifically when it comes to pleasuring your partner with fingers, with hands, with mouths, with whatever, whatever tools you use? Yeah, actually, I'm just a big pleaser. Mm. Inside, I'm just a little boy who needs to be uh, told that he's a good boy. Yeah. And tell, told that what he does is good and what he does is something that makes the other person happy and 
feel pleasure. So I quite easily and quite uh, fast learned how to do like the pleasurable stuff, my fingers entering the clitoris or entering the vagina and just uh, going up to, to the uh, back and forth in the, uh, the uterus uh, area and all that. The beautiful inside female body it just became a huge study field for me because my car couldn't do the job, so I had to do something else. And I studied, and I read stuff, and I read books, and I listened to other people in podcasts and stuff. And it was a beautiful time, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, do you like to use your mouth as well? What do you do? You have any moves that you want to share with us? I especially like people with big labias, yes, because mm-hmm. they could like suck them in the mouth and just oh, I love that, and just being close to it and and going around the clitoris, circling around them and up and down the thighs and just making the whole body ecstatic is something that because then I can sense the whole thing in my own cells. Like I feel like one big erotic cock myself when I'm in the zone and I love that. Yeah. And does it feel to you like a connection? Because sometimes when I'm like doing that, it's like you can't, I can't tell where I end and the person begins and it's like, I don't know. Do you have that feeling ever? Sometimes, yeah. But I, I think mostly I'm so much focused on What's going on in the other person? Ah, yes. Yeah. I'm so much focused on does she actually like what's going on? And when I do this, is it something that she reacts positively to? Yeah. But then again, I, I've got a fairly good inside navigational system of looking at how the body reacts. So even even though I can some eyes are telling differently, I can I can smell, I can feel, I can sense the body moving and feel the sensation in the body. So I, I'm I'm kind of connecting <laughs> connecting with the pussy actually and connecting with the body around it uh, and with the breast and then when it's totally mind blowing it's with the mind and with the, the voices uh, assuring me that I'm doing right yeah beautiful that skill that you have of paying close attention to your partner you know I I heard you say yes you like the verbal confirmation but also it sounds like you have a really good skill of just noticing what's happening in them is that something that you have had from a young age or do you feel like you've cultivated it as you've grown older and basically i want to know if there's hope for me <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah no no i've cultivated them yeah i cultivated it because well i kept myself self out of sexuality for seven years yeah because of the inner shame because of the uh, no self-esteem no self-worth yeah. because i didn't think i could mm. i didn't feel that i could bring anything positive so yeah it's hard work a lot of Pussy, like a lot of sensing and connecting to, and some physical details, of course, inside. But it's something that I've cultivated, yeah, beautiful. with my beautiful wife, yeah. That's amazing. Okay, so after that relationship, it sounds like it ended. You said eighteen yeah. years. Okay, so what what happened next for you? In 2011, uh, I was involved in a big national uh, known uh, accident uh, with 13 students and uh, one teacher going. Out out in a boat uh, on the on in uh, on a lake uh, close to where we're living with some of the students and they tilted and seven of them died six of the students were rewoken and they were kept uh, into coma for I, I remember it as being several months it might only have been a couple of months a couple of weeks or so but my colleague never was found who was the one who was with them out in the on the trip, yeah, and that sort of oh. made my yeah exactly whoa, and that made my uh, way of looking at life quite different. And I, I stood still for a while because I was I was carrying around on a huge amount of, of guilt because I was the one who was actually introducing this teacher of mine for the idea of 
are trying to, to, to use this dragon boat for we could participate in a competition down in the uh, northern part of Germany. It's really close to Denmark. And I said, I would like to do that. He came in December and said, presented me for this idea. And I said, that sounds great. Let's do some seed raising. And as soon as the spring comes, we'll start doing this. Then we'll do some progress of trying to scale ourselves in that area. And he started doing so uh, early in February without involving me in his thoughts. And I had this huge amount of feeling of guilt after a couple of years and still carries around some more kind of guilt in that direction. And that made my, and here's the point, all that thing that happened was really affecting me as a male and as the man in the marriage. Mm. My wife couldn't deal the pain that I came home with. Mm. The beautiful wife of mine, her reaction when she's uh, feeling uh, insecure, she, it comes out and it comes out as anger and rage. So she kind of, she didn't yell at me, but she was just she wasn't meeting me in my sorrows, and she, because she couldn't, no shaming her way, but she didn't have the ability. So so she was either silent or she was sort of telling me just to stop thinking of that because that didn't bring anything good. And, and those types of reactions just made me close myself. Yeah. So I was carrying around on this big guilt thing and not really feeling high sexual relief many times but we still had a sexual activities and i was still a sexual being and I'm, we had sexual intercourse for at least once every month or so sometimes uh, every fortnight or so but okay. our marriage in the sensual way was sort of toned down yeah and then after the three years and now comes the part of the story where i'd like to be as anonymous because i don't want to tell anything about my beautiful wife that yeah. should somehow bring her into this story so but she came home from this party and she just had the big huge lights in her eyes mm. and she was just smiling and i see hey wonderful woman this is how you look when you're sexually aroused yeah and i haven't been able to wake that in, in you for several years and i've been sitting at home taking care of our three kids and i looked at her and i said hey you Beautiful being. Have you been in like in the copy room with one of the one of the people from the party and said, No, 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 it wasn't in the copy room. It was in the entrance. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, what are you telling her? Did you have sex? No, 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 no. She didn't have sex, but some of the guys at the party had confronted her and telling her how beautiful she was and that they wanted to have a sexual relationship with her. And I just sat down for a short while and I said, Well, why didn't you? Why didn't you go? I would love for that to happen. As long as you come home to me and the kids, and as long as you actually still uh, somewhat put your loving at my uh, heart, at my side, I would love for that. Please go. And she was wavering back and forth. And after 14 days, I was nodding her way. One day I was telling her, please go, and you have to go now. And she said, okay. And then she went off. And that started our voyage into the openness in our marriage. And we had an open and dynamic marriage for five years okay which ended after four years four four and a half years then we were divorced in 2018 and now three years later we have this beautiful rainbow dynamic in our family and the kids are present in her house and i come by every day wow and holidays together and we have a beautiful way of living together as non-sexual partners but still loving partners and we are we're feeling quite cool yes wow that's amazing to hear and I kind of forgot the question now because the question at the beginning was 
it's leading us into the next part of your sexual journey and, and yeah, how exactly. yeah yes, yes that's it that's why i'm telling this story of course this story this journey made me aware fuck leo there's something that i'm missing out i want to be able to feel this wonderful immensely amount of energy with my cock without shooting my sperm i want to be in that zone mm. i see people doing it why shouldn't i learn it why shouldn't i be able to learn it and i tried to read books and i blah 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 and stuff and i fucked my brains out for a couple of years <laughs> i mean i was everything with a pulse and something without a pulse was just being fucked and i just but it just became more and more lonely and i couldn't actually control anything mm. After two or three times shooting my sperm, I became good at like having sex intercourse. But I wasn't entering the beautiful zone of sensual and, and heartfelt loving. No, that happened one day when a beautiful woman, a tantric woman, she and I had met up and she invited me to a apartment and she looked at me and I thought, yay. I was so excited because I knew of her. She was well-known person here in, in, in Denmark in some uh, societies and especially the tantric areas. And I, I was so excited because I've read about her and, and I've heard talk of her. And then suddenly I was there, she picked me. And I was like, what? And then just before we entered the room that we were about to make love to, or in, she said to me, but remember Leo, you cannot come. If you come, it's over. We can never be together. I was just, I was scared Whoa. shit. Wait, did she know anything of your personal history at all? Yes. Okay. I've told her. Okay, so it had context. Yes. I told her that I wasn't able to control my ejaculation. And I said, well, I've got so condoms and I, I, I can, like, if I come, like, let me just come once and maybe I can be more comfortable. No, Leo, you're not allowed to come. You can never, ever come. If you come, it's over. We can never be sexual together. Fuck, talking about gunshot barrel way of leading into to having intercourse. Wow. I was scared shitless. Yeah. yeah, I would be too. Like just yeah, three hours later, we had to stop because she had to go home to her husband. And I was just breathtaking. We had had three hours of heartfelt. Oh, well, that's the way I felt. Like maybe she she had had a hard time. She was with her voices vocally and with her breath work and tapping me on the forehead and on the shoulders all over my body. She was, she was having a hard time, I figured out. Maybe it wasn't as pleasurable for her, but for me, it was just like mouth, fuck, intense and blissful and beautiful. And, and that started my voice towards getting a better way of controlling my own energy. Yeah. Wow. I'm still a horny guy. I can, like, if I don't really control myself and if I don't really... I've got some some tricks and uh, tips to, to to like the breathing word and I do some Udhyanabana. It's called like like taking a pelvic up and and, and like kind of extracting the blood from the uh, from the cock area and I do stuff like that before entering a female at the first time I'm with her, and it makes eight out of ten times that helps. And two other coincidences, I just shoot my sperm and I yell and I just have a party and say, "Oh yeah." That that's that incident, and that was actually I was 44, 41 now. But that's four years ago. Okay. That incident started my voyage. Wow! Wow! So, did you see her again? Did you learn more tantra stuff on your own? And well, okay, I have too many questions in a row. Start there. <laughs> First off, yes, I saw her again, 
I saw her a couple of times, maybe three times, four times. And in this, while starting that voyage, I came home to my beautiful wife and I said, hey, I've learned this stuff. It's so beautiful. Let us try this. And I was like, yay. But my wife felt that I was not having sex with her. And she felt that what we had built up, the way of us connecting, was not something that I cherished still. Mm. She said, but Leo, you're not having sex with me now. You're not giving me your sperm. You don't want to keep your sperm. What's wrong with the old way of having love? And I said, well, there's nothing wrong. I love that. But we've been doing that for many years. And I'm so tired of shooting my sperm. And she accepted trying it a couple of times. But... I could see how it made her feel sad. So I gave her what she wanted, gave her the old Leo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I knew from that moment that this was the beginning to the end of our marriage. Yeah. Yeah. I still shivers sitting here and talking. And I I could see her in front of me telling me, but Leo, you're not making love to me now. It's all those other women. Does that feel true to you though? No. Okay. I was doing everything to try to feel and sense her and in the same time integrate the new sensation I've been giving in my body, like feeling myself, breathing, trying to do sounding. And I felt like, well, I might have sounded like a truck going up a hill, telling <laughs> things that I thought of back then and that I now know that in Rachel's perspective, that was not the right tool to be used, but I, I learned that later on. I think for me that when I hear you speak, it encapsulates one of the most poignant, difficult things for me about being human is that when my experience just doesn't line up with the experience Mm. of the person I care about so deeply. And I think that's perhaps one of my largest struggles in relationship is trying to, you know, because reminding myself that it's okay that we're not all the same is something that I find so difficult, especially when there's so much desire and love and desire for connection. And it just doesn't line up sometimes. Wow. So how did this lead you to more explorations? How did you begin to explore yourself from there? Well, well, first off, that's beautiful tantric woman, woman that I was given this insight into my own body and the knowledge of of entering another way of making love. Her and I ended our adventure after a couple of months or so. But from then on, I knew that going to swinger clubs and sex parties, I had to feel the connection. Or I had to, because of course I was still a male. If I couldn't find a connection, I started fucking everything again. But I was so much searching for that heartfelt, tantric, sensual connection. I was lucky or, I don't know, the universe smiled at me once again. And I was guided into the direction of this society of people from the, I don't know where it's known in the U.S., but in in Europe, and especially in the northern part of Europe, have something called TNT, the New Tantra. And it's sort of like sex cult. You can take like courses in that and you learn your body and you learn how to act properly when you're in conversation and like all about taking your own sexuality seriously and how to put that into words with a plus mixed up with tantric tools yeah. of doing sexuality. I've never attended one of those TNT courses myself, but I got in touch with people from that society and some of them were not, but I was invited into a society of uh, sex positive people that 
Actually, it's just been such a normal part for me for the last three, four years now that I've been part of this society. But now telling about it, I can actually hear that this seems quite... Well, anyway, I was invited into the society of 50 people, more or less 50 people. And before the corona pandemic, mm-hmm. at least once or twice every second month, we, we meet up. Like there is an invite sent out and the, there's like a 31st person signing up for the events are invited. And then we have this, we call it's called the Sunday club because it's actually happening on a Sunday. Oh. In that setting with those people, I tried to explore myself and I, I learned how to, well, how to be a sexual being. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health. But if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to BlueChew for sponsoring the podcast. Wait, so these Sunday clubs include sex or was it like talking about sex? Both. <gasps> what was it like? And where was it? Like what? Like was it at a hotel? Was it at someone's house? No, it was in a, uh, at a special location, a sex club location thing. Where... Cool. Oh my gosh. And no one else was there. Yes, it was beautiful, and I still have contact with those people. Yes, that big, that big part of the sexual being that I am today. Well, anyway, yeah, quite a few of the females in in the Thunder Club has contributed to me becoming the sexual being that I am today. Can you say how, or are there any specific moments that stand out as kind of newly formative for you in this period of your life? Well, the sex talks and the talks about being the sexual. And then what I might as well add is that I ended this beautiful, uh, monogamous, really beautiful, loving, mind-blowing, slutty and perverted relationship I had with this beautiful girlfriend of mine. Mm. But she needed it to be monogamous. Yeah. But she was one of the persons that I've met that have had the biggest impact on giving me the ability that I have today. I'm just sitting still here because... Her last words, which were said in sorrow and anger, was that she felt not happy and she felt used and she felt that I've just used her for practicing and enriching my own sexual capacity and not taking her heart into account. And no shaming, no blame her way. She did so because that's what she felt. Yeah. And I actually love it dearly still. 
now talking of her. Yeah. But she couldn't let me make love to other people. No, it was too much of a heart pain for her. Yeah. I would like to hear some of your favorite things about sex now. And maybe it's nice to start with rope. How did you get into rope? Well, rope as a concept of using it as a kinbaku and the Japanese bondage. Oh, that goes actually quite... That was way back before my uh, entering into the tantric world. Uh-huh. I feel quite lucky because I met this beautiful girl was six years ago at an uh, online dating service. I met this girl looking for a dom to have a, a dominant session and a dominant relationship with her. And I, I tried chatting with her. And I said, hey, I have no experiences with, uh, with any kind of domination. I'm just a happy sperm shooting guy that likes to have lots of sex. But I would love to meet up and... I would love to practice with you if you would like to be to used as a, as a practice person and if she would guide me in that. And somehow she she, she accepted. So I must have done something wrong, something right, because she accepted. And then I was like scared shit because what should I use, like my hands or a whip or tools or anything? I was like, well, what is there for me to use being a dominant guy and how do we do that? And I started Googling it and watching porn movies, of course. And then I just, by coincidence, stumbled into a porn movie where they used some, they called it Japanese bondage. And, uh, and it was like in the porn setting. And I was like, oh, what is that? And they had, it was, I think it was called Chibari or Kinbaku or something. And I Googled that and went to YouTube and I found some instructional videos on how to tie up people, uh, dress them. And I bought a totally wrong type of ropes. Like it has to be like I know now that it has to be static a rope that doesn't give in. But yeah. I went out and I bought this soft ropes. And I thought yeah. these are nice and stuff. I can use these. But the woman that I was meeting up, she didn't know that. She didn't know Kintaku or Japanese bandage at all. But I learned some breast harnesses and this beautiful woman. She had big breasts. She was a big woman. And she had beautiful big breasts. And I Google or oh, I searched YouTube and found this breast harness for big breasts. And I learned how to do that. Um, I'm a boy scout by training, and I brought up in the farm. I know how to tie down cows and maybe I've tied a lot of things down with ropes. I was like, oh yeah, I could do that. So I went to this meetup with this beautiful girl, and uh, I learned the magic of how I could be sensual, sexual being without using my cock. Wow! Suddenly, I was giving a tool for me to enter this magical, beautiful world of feeling sensuality in my whole body, like I was ecstatic. Whole body was shaking, just telling about it. I don't know whether you can see it, but my hands are shaking because they can still feel that. Yeah. That energy that I just suddenly felt. Wow, I was breathtaking. Yeah, and I played with that and with her for some time. And then I sort of like zoomed out on that. And then comes the time with this beautiful tantric woman several years later, but still, still nothing entrance into this. And then in 2019, I entered this Burning Man mm. camp in Denmark. Borderland with 1,500 beautiful, crazy people. And some of what were the camp I was in was part of that Sunday club people that I knew ah. that I had been knowing of some years back then in 19. And some of the people in that settings are rigorous. They know how and they, they teach in the Japanese bandage in, in Copenhagen. And then I went to this uh, burning man and I was building stuff. I'm really good with building, like using tan uh, tools and building wood stuff. And I, built, and I built the stage and I built tons of things there together with the other people. But the whole idea of, and the whole thing with this camp that I was in was doing Japanese bandage. And I didn't know how to, but I was able to participate in some uh, workshops and I was uh, taught a few tricks. 
beautiful fix. And I bought my, right after leaving the Borderland uh, Burning Man, I went out and bought three sets of Kinbuck rope, real ropes. Ooh. And that's when I started playing with floor work. Okay. Yeah. Floor work? Floor work? Like, do no, like you can do the suspension thing. Oh, but oh I, I'm not, like on the floor. Okay. Yeah, okay. Tying people up. So, yeah. But I'm not, I don't feel comfortable with suspending people because then you can actually pull, trick some of the nerves and have a hanging arms. Yep. yep. And I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's a big responsibility. You have to work your, yeah, yeah. Wow. So you're a rope top. Yeah. I tried being uh, a model at some of the workshops uh, down in, we have a lounge here in Coping called Kimbaku Lounge. I've been down there with some of my girlfriends actually being the model for them. It doesn't bother me being in ropes. And I have this beautiful girlfriend of mine that I've met up once in a while with. Really heartfelt connection with this girl. And she does ropes as well. And she tied me up a couple of times. But it's the same. It didn't bother me. But mm. it didn't do anything for me. Okay. As in a sexual perspective. I could lie down. I could sleep. But it doesn't. It didn't, it didn't do anything. Create anything in me. What does it do for you as a top? It does make me fly. It does make me fly. It does make me feel as this, I'm a fairly empathic person. That's my, well, actually, that's my living. I'm a teacher and I, I teach by being empathic and, and feeling and sensing into people. Mm. And that is what ropes are for me. Mm. I can sense into their inner being and their way of containing themselves. Like if they're feeling sad, I can caress that and I can tie her softly or and if they're in a bradish kind of energy, I just I can pull out that bradiness and turn that into sexuality, make them drip and just be downward fucking horny. And I just love that. It's just it's a beautiful world. And I just feel that I just entered. I just entered it. Yeah. So are you discovering other parts of your dom self? Do you have other parts of a dom self? Is what I'm trying to ask. Yeah. I have been in relationships with, earlier actually with we call it, I forgot the English in Danish is toes and it's like a, a brat or like that. This is this is a submissive role. Like you, you step into that role and you want to be dominated. And I had actually a, a girlfriend boyfriend relationship with this girl of that type, a beautiful girl as well, a couple of years ago, which is three years ago. And she needed to have that dominant oh. side person. And I love stepping like And I started using whips and, and paddlers and stuff, but I didn't really didn't master it properly. So it's not like, I don't feel that being a part of my sexual self-extension as I feel it is with ropes. Mm. But I do love dirty talk. Yeah. I love especially when building up a new relationship, like trying to have the normal, aware, caring, empathic conversation. And just all of a sudden, and just do like having a cock just fucking stuffed down your throat. So you gag on it and you're spitting out. Do you like that? Fuck yeah. And I, I, I love that. And that's why I, from the beginning of this interview, I started out saying that I feel my shame meter is at zero mm. when I'm just self. Because I do that and I love doing that. And of course, it's a part of my power play. Yeah. Take my own masculine power as well. Yeah. So dominance is many things for me. But when I do my reaching out in the society of uh, online dating uh, world, I normally put into words that I don't see myself as a dominant man. I see myself as a very masculine man who likes to lean into my own dominant energy, as well as a love being in my sensual and my fragile and my all the other feminine aspects as well. Yeah. Yes, yes. 
Well, in my personal experience, it's the integration of all of those parts that for me makes a really hot dom. Like it is truly the integration of that like sweet, sensual, caring, oh yes, wonderful, wonderful, you dirty, dirty whore who needs this cock right now. Like all of that together. And that's what I just love. So as I hear you talk, I feel so, so happy that you, that you're discovering these parts of yourself. What else do you like? I'm just sitting still here because I just actually right now, this morning, actually, I have had a beautiful uh, lovemaking session with this beautiful woman that I'm relating to right now. And I had contact with something that I know that I cannot do. I can't be the big porn fucker who just thrusts the shit out of her. I can't be that person. Yeah. Not when I want to keep my sperm as well. It yeah. might be if I shoot my sperm once, but then the energy level in me, it sort of it lowers a bit. Okay. And I, I, I like do, doing that when entering into a, like in a gangbang setup or something specifically uh, wished for by partners. So that's the part that I cannot, I cannot perform as this big porn Rogo 6 3D uh, ass fucking guy. Like I can't do that. And maybe that's maybe that's my fantasy of being able to do that. Mm. No, I didn't answer your question. Your question was what I love doing. I love doing all sensual part and I love having contact with small bits of pieces of being able to be that guy. Because, yes. I, well, if I keep my breath and I do my Uliana Bandi on, on, while doing the sexual magical moment with the female, I can for some minutes be that person. And yeah. I love being that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. I think that's such a good point, too, because oftentimes there is this pedestalizing, this heightening of lasting. Yeah. And it's like, well, I actually don't need to get pounded for an hour, but I would love a few, you know, a couple minutes of like really intensity and then bouncing it out with sensuality and then maybe getting a beating or two or some nipple twisting or some other sensual play like that. And, you know, I think that we don't necessarily talk about that enough or we don't see it in the mainstream media spaces as much there's so much emphasis on that porn bounding which is great for its own thing but it's it's not the only thing no and i wonder too if do you feel like you have been in some ways forced to be more creative in your sexuality lovers we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor and they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people? This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities. All thanks to Flora. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Floor and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Floor's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor App celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. 
It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just say that I'm not a God-believing person, but if, if there was a God, I think he just tricked me. He just sat and he laughed his ass off and said, hey, this guy, <laughs> I gotta make him come like in two seconds just being a nearby of a form because he has to learn. He has to do it the hard way. He mm. has to know stuff from the bottom. He has to know how the whole system works. Yeah. I'm not a PhD professor in sexuality, but I have a fairly insight especially in my own sexuality yeah and i'm getting better and better of sensing and, and tapping into the other sexuality of the females especially so yes i had to, i had to work that's a long hard work yeah what are blowjobs like for you mm. don't actually necessarily like a blowjob because then i can't control myself that's what i was gonna ask okay okay but I, I do like throat fucking because then I can control. Then I can, can I can say to the female, oh, just you open up your little dirty throat now and you lay still and I'll just fuck you when you're... And when, oh, yeah, yeah, this hurts a bit, but now you're going to feel my cock really down your throat. Oh, yeah, that's good. Because then I can control and I can contract myself and I, yeah. and I can do my Udiya Nevani and all that uh, breath work in the same time and I can actually be present sexual while controlling it. My fears are too big when I see this huge sexual power that are incorporated in a female person who embrace her own sexuality. Then I'm just I'm not capable of doing a tenth of what the females are able to do. So I, to be able to control that capacity, I need to somewhat make it go away. Yeah. Are your balls sensitive? Yeah. Do you like them to get played with? Yeah. Nice. What ways? Like, do you like biting, licking, touching, squeezing? Like, what are you into? But I like to use them as a gag balls as well. <gasps> what? Oh my gosh, I've never done that. I want to do that now. Oh, that's so cool. How? Like, in what way? Like, how? I, I just take my balls and, cock and stuff them down the throat. Oh my gosh. That is so hot. That's so cool. Wow. I like that. I like that. And, and that makes my, while well, my cock is on the forehead. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's so cool. That's so cool. What if it was a situation where I guess you're still sort of throat fucking, but like where you're controlling your partner as they're going down on you, like maybe if they had more hair or collar or something and you could like grab it and control it, would that make a blowjob? Is that any different from throat fucking? I'm just like thinking of different creative ways mm, to play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, good idea. Actually. Yeah, grab the hair, grab the head, and I, I controlled her while she was actually doing. Oh, yeah, yes, it's quite a good idea. I mean, it's I've learned it from my master controlling my head, and it's just something that I've enjoyed a lot in the past, and it's just thrown out options. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm going to try that tonight, actually. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, yay. Okay, let, let, feel free to let me know how it goes. <laughs> because, you know, I, I, too, am a very sensual person, and I'm learning more about my own impatience and about how my impatience often causes me to miss those moments of sensuality that I really treasure. And so for me, being a submissive and being a slave and having someone else tell me what to do and like it, it forces me to enjoy everything and to like let it all last because otherwise, 
like as soon as someone's touching me, I like want to ride them or be like face fucking them, you know, like like I want to just like go to the end. Like I guess in some ways I'm like the classic archetype of the dude who just wants to fuck. But it's like but it's just because I get excited and I want everything else too, you know? And so finding that balance with a partner and finding a partner who's also Well, here's a question for you. Do you think it's not only a measure of creativity, but it sounds like you're selecting partners who are open at a certain sexual, I don't want to say open like level, but like there's there's a sort of communication or an understanding required to have this type of sex. Does that make any sense? What's your experience like there? It makes totally sense. And my uh, the filter that I use is once that I've tried to kind of like do the sex talk and trying to see how they react and by texting or by pictures or whatever. And I, and I sense a common interest of leaning into another sexual level. Then I start to, especially if it's someone who's asking specifically about domination or who's shown interest toward domination, then I sort of like try to be exploratory. And so, so what are your experience with, um, do you have any sexual crisis in your life or did you have any, like, have you been raped or anything? Have you have experience with that type in your earlier life? Yeah. And it's not that if they have, so I'm picking them out of the uh, basket, but if they are telling me they have traumas in their life and uh, they're dealing with them and they are trying to act responsible for those feelings put in their system by someone else that they didn't want to have, then I welcome them. Mm. They don't, I mean, they can have all the traumas in their life and they can have all the expression and they can, they say, well, I might, I might become hysteric on the while doing stuff and I might hitting you and I might yell on you and I just welcome it. Come, let's, let's cherish that. Yes. But if I sense and that happens once in a while. If I send someone saying, yeah, yeah, I've been raped, but I never talk about it. Okay. So so do you have any experience with, with being rewoken into that yeah. trauma by doing and entering this type of feeling relationships? And they say, no, no, never. Okay. Well, nice meeting you. Have a wonderful, playful time. I uh, hope for you to find someone who will actually cherish that. And I wish you the best. Yeah. And that's something I've learned the hard way. I can relate to that. What I've noticed is that if I'm talking to someone who is not in their own way, whatever is correct for them, if they're not pursuing their own healing journey from any trauma, any little traumas, like not just large sexual ones, but we all, you know, child, we all make it through childhood. We're alive if we're here, but we all get bumped up in some way. And if I meet someone who's working on their own shit, then I know that like we can probably actually help each other heal. If we're both responsible for ourselves, then we can create safe spaces together. And like sometimes you can really like, I feel like I've really explored a lot and learned a lot and healed a lot about myself through having these like really intense, beautiful sexual experiences because I had a partner who can hold space with me and I can hold it with him, you know, so we're not there's a balance there. Mm. What would you say if you can articulate this? Do you have like specific big turn-ons or specific big turn-offs? Well, well, the turn-off is very easy because that goes straight back to oh, the person not being in the center of, yeah. well, actually what you just put into words right now. Mm. Someone who's not taking responsibility of whatever traumas they have in their life. Yeah. Someone not being true to themselves. That's the biggest turn-off. Yeah. I also just want to amend my words and say too, like, like, I think we're all fine. It's fine if you're not healing yourself. You're just going to be having a different experience in life. And 
I'm having a different experience in life and there's a good chance we won't line up. So like, it's fine. Wherever you are is fine. But it's like, I think we, we do ourselves a service when we can like, you know, find someone who's ish in the same realms. Cause then we're not like getting mad at each other for the difference. Exactly. That's the thing. Because if I meet someone who's not actually true to their, what I see as yeah. their Trump, yeah. then I'm, I'm feeling frustrated because then the work I do, every day every time i enter the world and especially when i enter the sexuality that's something that i'm doing yeah and my partner's not doing her work and then we're not uh, in line yeah and then i find myself in a place of judgment and i can get i'm in danger of becoming self-righteous and being like i'm over here doing all this work what the fuck is your problem you know like i get like that <laughs> not out loud but the feeling is there yes that's yeah, a new yeah learning today as well yes that's true that is what's evoking in me yeah. the feeling of that so that's the biggest turn on. Oh, turn yeah. off, sorry. The turn off. Oh, turn on, sorry. I just love sexually evoking people, uh, females wanting to share themselves. Yeah. Wanting to, to share themselves with me and with other people that I'm with. I just fucking love it because that's, that's the energy I feel. Well, that's the way that I feel myself alive to the max. Yeah. I haven't done heart drops or anything like that. I imagine there might be some places where you can get sort of it's the same. But I don't need that. Yeah, yeah. I have the sexuality. Totally. Do you prefer to get approached by a woman or do you like to approach or does it matter to you? Well, I'm a hunter. Okay. I like, I like, I like hunting. But I actually, it's because I've, I've been forced to. Mm. I just experienced yesterday, we have this online uh, dating site here, a sex dating site called Score. Okay. It's, uh, score. Uh, <laughs> and yesterday there was a girl actually doing a video call for me. And I was like, hey, what the... I, I've never tried doing that beforehand with yeah. other females. I always put into word, I would like to sit and chat with you in a video chat, maybe. Yeah. And then suddenly, I, I, I met this girl. Anyway, she was approaching... She was, I was being hunted. Okay. That's it. I was being hunted. And I just sat there, and I just... Well, I took the call, and we spoke for a while. Unfortunately, we, we didn't... We weren't on the same page. Okay. But I was like, hey, fuck yeah, I'm being hunted now. What's, what's going on? I want to see this. I was actually quite turned on by it. Oh, you were? Okay, because I'm afraid that I scare men specifically away. Women just don't respond to me. But I feel like I'm so impatient and eager and I want to have sex so much. And I've been just like massively scaring away people on Tinder and OkCupid. And, you know, maybe I need to just find kinkier places. I just got back on FetLife. But that's not really a dating app. So it's like you have to cull through so much. And I'm trying to figure out, like, as an impatient, horny woman in a society that teaches us that we have to, like, just sit around and wait to get hunted by dudes. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? That's just, like, what's been on my mind, too. So I'm, that's where my question's coming from. <laughs> yeah, of course. I like being approached. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But my experience with that is very, very, very little. Okay. Because of the society, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned people possibly approaching you and partners. So it sounds like perhaps you have some experience with group sex. Yeah. Would you like to tell us? What do you love? What have you experienced? And is this where your heteroflexibleness comes in? Oh, well, actually, my first entrance in now, just a short story. My yes. first entrance into a, the sexual non uh, monogamous world of my marriage was in a, well, with a couple with something called sex dating. But they were searching a bisexual guy, and I wrote to him and said, I'm not bisexual, but sure, I'll fuck you in the ass. I said, oh, you and so that's my first entrance out of the marriage sexuality was with this guy having intercourse with him when he was in penetrating his 
his girlfriend. Wow. And that made me think, oh, am I uh, gay or... Well, it doesn't, it doesn't feel bad at all. I should turn me on. Yes. And then fast forward back into the uh, Sunday club setting and, and, and into the sex positive uh, world. Yes, I experienced having heartfelt connection with people mm. and giving blowjobs to a dude and a guy while his girlfriend was at the side and having that uh, intimacy as well. And that's why I put myself a head retractable because yeah. I have no interest in approaching a guy when he's alone. Ah, okay. I've tried that once actually in a, in a swinger club just to test myself uh-huh. to see whether or not and uh, I could just it didn't like with ropes me being tied up it doesn't offend me but doesn't do anything either it doesn't raise any energy in yeah. me if it doesn't raise my energy then it's not for me to pursue that's my logic yeah maybe things differently in a couple of days or a year I don't know that's the beautiful part. I love having these conversations because it is like a snapshot in time. And I notice, you know, over the past almost three years of talking to people, I notice how something that feels true, and I'm saying true with air quotes, to me one day feels completely different a week or two or a year later, you know, like, or five minutes later, or I'll be like, oh, actually, I said that, but that's, I have a different experience too. And i just can think both ways, you know, humans. Yeah. Okay. So threesomes, what do you love? Oh, yeah. Okay, I've tried threesomes, uh, but I especially like being two guys about one girl because ah. that I have this beautiful wingman of mine. Whoa, he's beautiful. He's got uh, he's, he's from the tantric world as well. He's got this sensual capacity, and he can do the hardcore fucking. Like he's Whoa. my idol. Okay, uh, <laughs> I've invited him with my previous girlfriends and lovers, and I said, "Hey, come to me. We have to." We have to make do good with this beautiful girl. And I just love it. I love the teamwork and I love like tapping into him. Maybe sucking his cock once in a while or doing it just to, yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. I've done gangbangs as well. And I've done uh, more like four or five something. And, and I won't say I won't ever participate in that type of stuff again. But it's like it's like going to, to Tivoli land where I'm at right now anyway. Uh, the process that I'm in right now, I miss the intimacy in okay. those settings. Yeah. Uh, I have a gangbang fantasy that I've never gotten to explore, but I think I actually have an intimate, as I hear you speak and like that particular moment, I'm like, oh, my gangbang fantasy is kind of intimate because I want to get like fucked by a bunch of different people. But like with the turn taking, I want to be making out with whoever is going to fuck me next. So it's like the introduction and I have like the fantasy of like, whoever's with me here, like as I'm getting fucked there. And maybe it's also all the holes. Like I have different versions of this fantasy where like maybe there's a blowjob. Maybe I'm just getting used in all the ways, but where like this person is here with my face and then they're like, and now I'm going to go fuck you or, you know, whatever dirty thing they want to say to me. So you were like a participant in, was it a bunch of dudes fucking a woman or what was the, was it mixed? Yeah, a bunch of dudes fucking a woman. Oh. It was uh, it was from the same society that yeah, we're yeah. talking now. Yeah, that, yeah but- we were uh, making uh, a team of fabulous friends, as we call each other. And then we went out and did, did good for some females, yes. That's so cute. <laughs> That's so cute. And the max amount of people I've been uh, was 14 people, I guess. 14 males about doing one girl. Whoa. Yes, and she, she got all of what you just put into words of your longing, yeah. Wow. She had a bondage partner. Okay. Uh, that, that was not a part of that group, actually, ah. that I meant. But he was holding her 
Uh, all the time, guy you know, holding space for her. That's beautiful. Yeah, and I tried other setups. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like what? For the same crew, I've done three of three experiences with those, and then now, like coincidentally, I, I became a part of a gangbang crew on this uh, online score society oh. as well, and I, I did that a couple of times. But that was, and they were beautiful men as well. Yes. But I didn't know them to the same degree, and I had some quite interesting uh, experiences as well but it was like oh i missed the heart connection thing yeah. yeah yeah here's a question when it's time for you to come do you usually come inside like in a condom or do you are there other places you like to come if you have the option good thing if i have the option because normally i don't have the option yeah. Oh, fuck. yeah 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 just have to sperm just and it just blows off and once every tenth time that I'm shooting my sperm, it's controlled huh? now, okay. which for me is a huge success. It's yeah. like taking back my energy, taking back my spirit of oh, sexual power. And when that happens, what I normally like to do is ask, so yeah. where would you like my little fuck kitty? Where would you like my sperm? Oh, I don't know. Well, I know. And then I'll just... On forehand, of course. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Try to, to figure out whether she likes it in her face or in her mouth or whatever. Yeah. And then I decide. I love that. Yeah. I like it if they're if they're like coming on me. Like I kind of like love to get covered. I'm like, could you hit everything? Like make a line or something? Like just get me all the places. <laughs> like you know, that's a good. It's a good. Although there have been times where I like to tell people about the times where it's gone up my nose or landed in my ear, and that just makes me giggle. Like it's just so silly to me, but it's like the whole thing is hot. But it's like that's just such a funny sensation. What about? Are you into porn? Are you into sexting? Are you into sending or receiving nudes? Watching porn? Not very much anymore. No. Making it? Mm. Uh, private stuff. Yeah. But yes. only on request. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yes. But, but I've I've had a couple of meetups. With with people who would like to do their recording. And it was really like a few, few, like a couple of minutes. Uh, nothing more than just with your own cell phone. Yeah. So I won't say that I recorded porn. But no, I haven't. Homemade porn, though, like personal private porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dirty videos. Love that. Yes, yes, yes. Do I like, what was the other question? Sexting and nudes. Sexting. Yes, yes, I like that. Both sending and receiving. Yes, of course. Uh, but being in my profession as a teacher, I have this cautiousness of making sure that it's not shared. Yeah. many people that's wise i'm really curious to hear do you speak about sexuality with the young people that are at your boarding school is it a gender segregated boarding school or what's it like there we have both boys and girls and yes i love talking to them we have here in denmark we have this it's called week number six it's called u6 as a uh -huh. week six okay the sex week sort of thing like and we do the sexual diseases and we do the protection like that's going to be one day and mm -hmm. then we have two or three other days where we talk about and i have this beautiful colleagues of mine with whom i'm doing the uh, week and normally it's three or four days and we talk about sexuality and what to call the body parts and i have to really be cautious we i've been doing this for the last three years now uh -huh. and i have to be cautious not to try to uh, stand as the same guy has been doing this interview right now with you because yeah. if I stand as that, I'm too afraid I forget. I might hurt some people, I might scare some off, and I might make them feel bad or sad or not being a right person. I right. Mean. But I do like to tell them about my own first session. I've done that for about three years. I've then told them about my how I couldn't keep my sperm and how that made me stay away from sexuality for seven years. Yeah. Oh, thank God. That's 
because there's so much confusion and quiet about things like that. Wow. Wow. And I do that. And I love that. And I love that. That's a part, one of the reasons why I love being a boarding school teacher, because I can actually try to reach out and try to guide these people yeah. towards becoming people they want to become. Yeah. And so, yes, we talk about it. We talk about it a lot. Yeah. Wow. What do you hope to explore in your sex life going forward? I have right now. I'm in the communication phase with a beautiful young girl. Oh, that's okay. She's only 18. Mm. I'm really hoping that she can somewhat heal some of my inner still. Yeah. Little Leo 15, not being able to control the sperm yeah. sorrows. Uh, yeah. Maybe I can be met in that dynamic. I've told her about that. We've been texting and talking back and forth now. Mm. I haven't met her yet now. And maybe we'll never meet up because she, she's a special person. Yeah. And maybe that, that's, that's sort of the one of my hopes right now. Is that I'll maybe end up in this Lolita kind of relationship mm. with this year. And where it'll bring me, I don't know. And if, it, if it'll bring me anywhere, I don't know. Yeah. At the same time, the, the relation I'm talking about, well, I've been told that tonight uh, I'm going to practice the thing that you told me about. Yeah. Uh, with whom I actually had this morning's wonderful lovemaking as well. She's a beautiful uh, woman as well. That's really open uh, in his yoga and immensely open, beautiful person as well. Mm. And then here I come in a couple of weeks from now, we're doing a, not the whole total borderland uh, burning man concept, but a, a little mini version of it here yeah. in Denmark. We still have possibility of doing some coronavirus and we'll be like 300 people okay. gathering in a couple of weeks from now. And that might end up guiding me in another direction wow. with some of my own. Maybe I still have this deep crush on this one person that I met back in 2019. Mm. And I know whether it's a projection in me of a longing to belong to someone, like back to my old society, a taught a person who are monogamous and can actually keep his focus one place, or whether it's because of the way she is. I'm, I'm curious about that. Yeah. And so and I'm, I have a curiosity exploring that. And luckily, I've talked with her during the last couple of years, and she knows of my, I actually love to her and the crust I have towards her. And I'm just so thrilled because in a couple of weeks ago, she invited me to do a uh, Kintaku session with like a three-month session. I'm going to lean into this uh, exploring and her as a submissive and me as the rope rigger. Wow. And I'm really curious to work where that's going to lead me. Oh, wow. Yes. What else do we need to know to have a complete-ish picture of your sexual self? I'm still not struggling just to try to clarify that yeah, yeah yeah i'm this cool guy talking with sex with all the young people at the boarding school yeah yeah fuck everything that comes close to me that leads into my energy blah 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 and i once in a while i feel like the king of the world and i still not struggle but i try to do the right thing with my own kids yeah. i have the 16 year old daughter and the 14 year old guy and this 19 year old girl beautiful girl and i'm uh, i'm but they know of my adventurous way of living yeah especially two oldest ones and the youngest one know as well yeah hmm. so just to put into words that that's something that i'm really really focusing on that i think is really important for us as parents yeah. to try to guide and that is it's a picture of my sexual self as well i'm not ashamed of who i am but i'm aware of my responsibility towards my kids, not to putting on, trying to affect them into something that I like. Yes. Maybe they're strictly monogamous. Maybe their happiness in life is being totally different from me. Yeah. 
If you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick and what would you say? Keep on believing, Leo. You're right. It's going to end up good. Keep on believing. Your dreams and what you feel in your body is right. Do you have a sexual question for me? Yeah, I've actually wrote one down and it's really, it's quite deep and it's, it's maybe it's not able to be answered in one sentence. But, and of course, this comes from my inner as well. Mm-hmm. What, what is your deepest longing sexually? Well, I could never give one sentence answers anyway, but I think I have two tracks to this answer and one is a personal longing and one is a longing for the world, but I think they also meet. I think like you, I can really relate to the feeling of this young person, this young little girl who always knew that there was some fire curiosity turn on. Like, you know, before I had language, before I had any understanding of sexuality, I remember being very young and just like, I couldn't wait till I was 20 because I could get married and have sex. And I didn't know what any of that meant. And I don't know why the number 20 was in my head. And I'm 32 now. And I find myself continuing to struggle, even as I have all of these conversations. I do struggle. There are days where I don't struggle. There are moments where I'm definitely not struggling and where I'm in it and I'm finding connection and flow. But I think my deep desire is to feel more secure in my ability to connect with people and to find ways to love them where it's comfortable for them. Because I am learning about the overwhelm patterns that I can create and the ways I can be scary to people. And at the same time, I also desire for myself to not worry so much, to not live in anxiety and fear and take all the responsibility for other people's experience. And so I think I desire to, you know, maybe relax a little bit so that I can just be my sexual self because I want to experience more sexual people. But I'm realizing, especially over the past few weeks, I got coronavirus after being vaccinated two weeks ago, three weeks ago, actually. And I had a lot of kind of epiphanies during that time. And one of them is that I actually still have a lot of sexual fear and anxiety, even though I've never had a trauma. It's not the big capital F fear, but it's all the little things that cause me to unconsciously freak out internally and disconnect from people or write them off beforehand or, you know, kind of this jangliness. And so I want to settle down into my body because that is when I've had the deepest sensual sexual experiences. And I feel that there still is so much more for me to explore because every single person is such a different sexual being. And I want to explore them as much as it feels safe and comfortable for me and for them. And so I think that then does connect to my goal, like my goal, my hope, my desire for the world, which like, you know, in some ways I'm trying to like create a sexual society here, like in the world so that I don't get rejected as much. But I think I think also what's part of that is I want I just have such a strong desire. I've had these moments of beautiful transcendence, beautiful connection, beautiful feeling connected to the world and people and everyone from fucking. I know a lot of people don't have that. And I, again, I don't want to tell anyone what they should or shouldn't want or have. But like for anyone who does want that, I want to create a society and a world and interpersonal tools where people who want it can have it. Thank you so much. I want to be part of that. Yes. Yes, you are. You already are. You are now. And, you know, hopefully we'll see where things grow. But yes, thank you for that beautiful question. Ugh, I love it. Leo, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Ah, mm. 
the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.